underrated, underrate, underrate. This is how you underrate a favorite, a favorite, a favorite of yours, a favorite of mine, a favorite of everyone all the time. Hello. Hi, everybody. This is underrated favorites, movies you might have missed. That's right. My name is Rooster. I am Neek. And... This is a podcast where we talk about movies that you might have missed. Not necessarily cult movies, but more so movies that are at least 10 years or older that we think might have been slept on and deserve some revisiting and re-examination to either give them their flowers or the well-deserved roasting. For those unfamiliar with this podcast, we spend this kind of first little bit here talking a little bit about the movie, talking about our feelings about the movie, and it is spoiler-free before we really get into the meat and potatoes of this particular movie. But before we give away the movie, we have a special guest. Educator, writer, phenomenal, <laughs> phenom, <laughs> soccer enthusiast. We have round of applause for J.R. Estrada in the house. Hey, everybody. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the pod. I'm really happy to be here in this sunny Juneteenth day. Yeah, it's yeah. basically J.R. day because he's going to be on our pod and then he's also going to be on two tequilas later. Yes. So this is just like J.R. Palooza. And so uh, the reason JR is on our pod today is because the movie that we are talking about. And so if you listen to last week, we actually had some confusion and we thought that the movie was The Knowing. But we were looking at The Knowing's information and decided that we are going to gift y'all with a Nicolas Cage July. That's right. Pew, 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 that shit. Pew, pew, all that. Our production. (laughs) That's right. We are giving y'all every movie in July will be a Nicolas Cage starring underrated favorite. That's right. Some deep cuts. Yeah, because we realize that he has just as many like underrated favorites as he does iconic roles. So we'll get into that. Uh, But so we did a hard skirt skirt Mm -hmm. and we actually decided to look into an awesome movie called 310 to Yuma. Yeah. So JR, you wanted to be on the pod. You actually suggested this movie. Yes. And I completely agree. This movie is definitely one worth this podcast it fits like iconically in exactly what we're here to talk about so 310 to yuma is an american western starring christian bale as a war vet down on his luck farmer named dan evans and russell crowe as the charismatic outlaw ben wade directed by underrated act uh director james mangold uh the movie deconstructs masculinity violence and the romanticization of the old west uh mangold has some other amazing films to his credit copland girl interrupted identity walk the line logan uh ford versus Ferrari. So this movie had a budget of $55 million, but only made $71 million at the box office. Uh, came out September of 2007. Uh, it has a 7.7 on IMDb and an 8 point, uh, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. As of this taping the, uh, of the pod, it is currently streaming on HBO Max and Hulu. So by all means, check it out. Uh, so... You've heard the pod before, but in case uh, anyone listening hasn't, we have our ranking system. Uh, We have five systems that we kind of go through, five levels of uh, appreciation or roasting that we give the film. So you want to talk about it? At the tippy tippy top, we have the underrated favorites. Yes, and so we spend the 
whole like 30 to 45 to an hour minutes on this pod just I was gonna say sucking this movie's dick but um, giving the movie it's flowers just sucking (laughs) the balls and all and it's because it deserves it the movie is elite and why more people haven't seen it is a travesty to the universe Mm -hmm. what's Um, level two just like a little you know an HJ what are we doing Uh, the next level down (laughs) is a good but slept on movie Mm -hmm. Uh, the movie's a solid watch it's very much appreciated but there are just some reason that uh, most people didn't catch it uh in the middle we have appropriately named historically mid um so the movie didn't catch fire probably because there were simply better movies out at the time but it is definitely worth your attention Mm -hmm. solid watch um second to last we have the good bad movie and so uh this movie is bad Mm -hmm. it's bad but there are a few people like people on this pod and y'all that listen to us that it just hits it hits and we love it we know it's bad but we love it anyway (laughs) and you know we talk about it and try and get as many people to convert to loving it too Mm -hmm. Um, and then at the very 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 bottom we have the certified flop just bad movies just unredeemable the movie is all and out bad, Trash. and uh, that's why no one's watching or talking about it. And so, it's as simple as that. So, to our guests, since you now know our ranking systems, three ten to Yuma. Where do you place it? You know, as much as this movie is near and dear to me, um, mm. in, in the broad context, I'm gonna say it's probably historically mid. Really? Well, here's a, don't defend it yet. We'll get to okay. defend it. We'll get to talk about it. We'll get no spoilers. Yeah, okay. it's just, cool. You're good. Stand yeah. on it. Stand you, on it. That's where you stand. All right. Put my foot down then. That's good. Uh, I'm going to actually say we may need a new category because I feel like it's just no. below underrated favorite, but just <laughs> above good but slept on. If I have to like pick one, I'm going to say good but slept on. Okay. That yeah. sounds very appropriate How and concise. Um, I am also going to go with good but slept on. I would say that... Um, well, actually, I think we may need to like flip the definitions of our categories because mm. I really feel like it's right there with being an underrated favorite. Um, but it just got beat out. The it was another one of those like the box like the movies were stacked during the time that this came out, and we'll mm. get into that a little bit more when we get into it. But right, right now, it's time to wicked rewind pause. So this is your last warning. We're going to spoil it. We about to get into the spoilers. If you don't want to hear them, go watch it. It is on Hulu and Max, mm-hmm. a formerly HBO Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So uh, first, jump first, in, JR. Oh, wait, oh first, I want to do um, while we have guests, we want to talk about mm-hmm. um, where, where were you? Mm-hmm. When the movie dropped in September of 2007, and when did you first see the movie and establish your relationship with it? September 2007. I look. I already. I already hear it. <laughs> September 2007. I was just starting my freshman year of high school. Damn. Hey, I'm me too. Old. Yeah, I'm so old. You now, are. as far I mean, now after like before college is very hard for me to mm-hmm. gauge when i saw movies because mm-hmm. um 
I didn't grow up with cable. I didn't go to the movies at home much. My parents didn't take me to the movies at home a lot. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the movies like this one, I would catch on the Mexican channels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this movie, I first saw it in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it would still hit. There's like yeah. a lot of <laughs> no. there's a lot of westerns that get yeah, like for, Mexican. Yeah, dubs. for sure. For and sure. I would have at least mm-hmm. been fourteen. When it, but I mean, sometimes movies make it on those channels like two, three, five years later. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I think I was definitely in high school. And I mean, you come to it, I think, because, I mean, I, I think I was just really much, very much a boy. Mm-hmm. I was oh, like, oh, so. the gunfights. I'm going to watch the gunfights. I'm going to watch. And I think I have, I was just coming off watching Russell Crowe on Gladiator yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So like, now he's a cowboy. He's the bad guy in this movie. Like, yeah, let's let's do it. And then you kind of stay for the story. The Just story. to see what yeah. happens. Yeah, so we got <laughs> Civil War vet, Christian Bale, and then Russell Crowe over here with a silver tongue that just makes Ooh. everybody yes. want to leave it all. Yes. Um, and... And random Luke Wilson. I had to like double take and was like, wait, is that yeah. the debt? What? You just needed like that quick 10 grand check. For real? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like stand here, Luke, say some kind of like maybe borderline racist, racist shit, shit and, and then get uh, shot. That's, yeah. your, that's your job. There you go. Uh, in 2007, I was in college. I was deep in college. Uh, and I actually, I remember this year specifically and I remember watching this movie specifically in theaters because this was also like that time where I was like really getting into like Film studies, I had taken like a film class, and mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk about it later, but this was a dynamite year for movies in the theater, so I was yes. there like every, like three, four times a week, so yeah, I was there, I loved it. Um, so I was also a freshman in high school, I had just moved to San Antonio, and no, I moved to San Antonio the year before, I just got moved to schools um, again to on post, and uh yeah. And you missed it completely. You just saw the film, right? Yeah, this was I just saw the film earlier today. Right. I have no previous relationship, but I like as from my rating, like I loved it. I thoroughly I was not like you can ask Russ, I was Well, cuz you don't like western movies. I don't like westerns. Right. I was not anticipating. I think like the only other western that I like is because is like Tombstone? No, I thought it was Young Guns. Oh, Young Guns. I get them all mixed up. See, I don't yeah. fucking, like, I, Westerns mean shit to me. I, I, like, yeah. I, I think I, post-2000s, it's hard to find somebody that fucks with Westerns. Like, like yeah. But 2007 was this weird year where you had, like, mad Westerns. Because you had this, you had There Will Be Blood, which is in a lot of ways a Western. And you also had um, No Country for Old mm-hmm. Men, which was basically a Western. And, and then you also had the, uh, that long-ass title, The Outlaw, Assassination, Jesse, Assassination of Jesse James by Howard. Yeah, yeah, so like you had all these Westerns just coming out left and right. And this one just got swept up because it's, it was after most mm-hmm. of those came out. Yeah. And so like you had gotten your Western quota, like if Westerns were your thing, and there were just better things in the theaters, like even though it was like top-rated like kinda for overall money made, um, it's seventh out of the movies that were released in September. Mm. Uh, the first being Halloween. Um, oh, that was the Rob Zombie version, yeah. Yeah, but it's still like that yeah. is 
So, and then next, but mm-hmm. then we get into, like, all the other shit. Cause, so, it's like, you got your Western feel. And then we have Superbad came out. Uh, Resident Evil Extinction came out. The Born Ultimatum, which was, like, everyone was on its dick. Yeah. Like, Ooh, uh, Rush yeah. Hour 3 came out, which, eh. But... Uh, the game plan, which was like one of The Rock's first jumps into just being Dwayne Johnson. See, I didn't go to movies a whole lot, but for some reason, that movie I saw in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> it was a kid. It was it yeah. was our. Yeah. It was our. It was our age. Um, the Simpson movie came out. The first Transformers. The fifth Harry Potter. Across the Universe, which I remember getting a bunch of push in like marketing. Yeah. Never saw it. Don't even know what it's fucking about. It's but I just remember seeing so many like yeah. things about it. Was heavy. it. Yeah. Um, um, so, but let's yeah. kind of like talk about your ranking. Okay. So you say it's historically mid. Why? Yeah. You, why you land on that? I mean. Numbers wise, it's a solid movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, eighty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it made its money back. Which, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at it because this, I think this is the year before, right before Iron Man came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So movie studios were, were still weren't trying Knight. to make billions. Yeah. Um, all right. No. So it it was like like I said, it was second in yeah. like gross well, box month. office for that month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like it was a solid like cash out. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but again, because it was just in this. Uh, feel of other really good mm-hmm. western movies that, that were really mm-hmm. good western movies. No, yeah, you for know, sure. It's it's I, I, like because I mean, if I'm going by the rubric and you're talking well, yeah, to yeah. a teacher, I'm, I, I know how to go by <laughs> the rubric. Some, oh, that's um, why I said uh, I did say we may need to switch yeah. the definitions because yeah. <laughs> and and the first line in historical myth didn't catch fire. It no, could yeah. have caught fire mm. had it not been for other movies that were yeah. out. If it had just yes. been a year earlier, like people would have been all over it. Yeah, if it had yeah. gotten early, or even just. Freaking earlier than all the other ones. Yeah, like yeah. it was like the last yeah. one of the year. Well, because I even think about the Oscars that year, because I remember the Oscars being so big because that was the year that, um, what was it? No Country for Old Men won. Mm. And everyone was like riding that one. Like it came out, and I just remember I saw that movie like four times in theaters, and I was just like, what the hell am I watching? You are such an old No, man. but also, <laughs> but also like in a lot of ways, I think that movie and this movie kind of talk a lot about the same things, but mm-hmm. they approach it really differently. Whereas like Old Country for No Men kind of deconstructs masculinity and more so violence. R.I.P. Cormac McCarthy, who just died, uh, mm. the author of No Country. Uh, it, it, it sort of really deconstructs the violence, whereas this one kind of really deconstructs masculinity more and mm, yes. uh, in the Old West. And so I think, but then you had that. And the respect. And respect. Mm-hmm. And then you had the assassination of Jesse James, which also got, had a big Oscar push. And I honestly think this one's better than that. So, like, I think based on the rubric, I'd agree, like, it kind of hits historically made because there was just so much out there. But 2007 was such a year that it's like, even if you're historically mid in 07, you're like a phenom in any other year. So, yeah, like, no, I yeah. I agree. I agree. It's a damn good movie. It was one of, it's the end of artistry. So what's like, really bothering about this? It's towards the end this? of the artistry in the film. Straight up. Actually, that's a good point. Let's talk about the artistry. What's really bomb about this film to you, Dominique? Because you don't like westerns. I don't. That's why I'm very curious as to what like. Well, I was like first like shout out to the casting. Like, shout out to the casting. Russell Crowe is killing it. He's killing it and so serious and so into it and dedicated the whole movie long. There's no moment because you know sometimes there's moments when like the big stars are like they're just hitting every line. 
line and then they like they kind of like laugh at themselves in a couple of lines mm-hmm. like and you yeah. can tell like the the mass like, like dropped a little bit yeah. yeah like but no he is like super dedicated the whole time christian bell i am not really a christian bell fan hmm. um but I like him in a few like roles. Like there's a few key roles that I really like him in. And now this is on the list. Like, and it's for that same reason. Like, and then like watching him and Russell Crowe just go back and forth. Like mm-hmm. they are eating up every scene where they are going back and forth. And so like, and still not like Christian Bell really had the like quiet power, like, which mm. is like even though like in when they expose his backstory it's like you know it's like he really played up the possibility of being the man that knows violence but has walked away from it mm. and that is or hobbled away because he lost his uh, shut up no i mean i just i'm like that is so attractive and he's like nah he's a cripple no 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 i'm not i promise you i'm not no 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 i guess i guess what i'm saying though is it's like it's like that thing though because to bring it back to to christian bell's character at the end like he tells russell crowe like i didn't lose my leg in a romantic way yeah Yeah. and he's heroic way and and i think that's that interesting thing about deconstructing violence especially because no real like because all of them like violence is violence and like romanticizing it is bullshit yeah like and i think that's even like that even goes with um russell crowe and his little like speech to the kid uh william where he's like i'm not a good guy no i saved myself and like with each instance like no i saved myself no i was not trying to save you no i'm not a good guy and even though he does also in that same like vein of like flipping at the end yeah. and, like from what like and like kind of they both like expose themselves in the end, but it's still like driving home, like, do not romanticize who I am. Do not and like, oh, you admire me and mm-hmm. shit, but you don't know shit, kid. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I think those and it's like doing both sides of that, it really was just well. very beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Like the writing is very good. And then like back to the casting, like shout out to our kid actors. Mm. I love William, like the actor who plays William is Logan Lerman. I love him. I love him. He was big YA like, energy yeah. at the time. Yes. Maze Runner, Divergent. Mm-hmm. He's not yeah, in Divergent. Stop oh, saying whatever. that. I'm saying no, that. no, yeah, he's not. No, no like no, he's, not. he's in some of them. No. Like he's in Maze Runner. He was Percy Jackson. Oh, that's the one. And um He was he, the Percy Jackson. He was Percy Jackson. Yeah. And um and shout out, they're coming up a series now. But um, and he was also the perks of a, being a wild uh, wallflower. wallflower yeah. I said wallflower, uh, but wallflower like guy. Yeah, wildflowers are in our mind right now. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so shout out to him because like he really carried his like. Oh, dad, you're such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mentioned earlier, you come to the movie when you're younger and you go in there for the gunfights. And every time that I watch a movie, like I take something away. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's just like old conversations that we still have today. Like me, like again, with the William character, he's starts a movie. He's carrying around his little dime novel mm-hmm. of like little mm-hmm. Westerns of the mm-hmm. time where he's kind of basing his his fantasies and his idea of manhood of Mm -hmm. what a man should be and his father doesn't fit that and he doesn't Mm -hmm. respect him and and like and that's a lot of the fight that we have with 
young boys, young men nowadays because yeah, they it's go still a, yeah. a, definitely it's a uh, tr- like tried and true coming of age story, like and father son moment. And I think it's really sorry what no. Oh, no, I think it's, like, beautiful also when it's exposed that, because, like, he's really, like, you're not going to do shit about it. We you we just sit here, mm-hmm. like, on top of knowing, like, his little brother will die if they leave. Like, and so it's, like, you really are a little shit, man. <laughs> like, and, like, most teenagers are. Like, I won't even put that on young men. Like, most teenagers are cringy pieces of shit. Yeah. Like... And you just got to love them through those years. I appreciate everyone who loved me through those years because <laughs> I was a cringy piece of shit, too. Like, right. So what else works for you or like in the whole scheme of the movie? You know, we were talking about how they construct masculinity. And mm-hmm. then I think we haven't brought up Ben Waits gang. Oh, and his little talk about it. Mm-hmm. main guy, and I forget his name. The the character uh, Charlie Price, Charlie Price, Prince, Prince. Charlie it's Prince, Prince. That's who right. has a very strong attachment to Ben Wade. Mm-hmm. That if you don't know anything else about male relationships, you can almost be forgiven for thinking that there's homoeroticism. Yes, yeah. Well, that's what. Well, we it, kind it, of, I think it reads because they play it, it's leaned into that on purpose and I feel like there's certain moments like you mentioned when the um Elroy was like I heard of Charlie Princess like um and they just take them off when it's yeah. also sort of little movements like how he holsters his guns in certain ways and I, it's like no like these are western trope type things it's like he's flashier even when he's not trying to be and he dresses a little like nicer than literally all the other cowboys he's in the literally group. just clean and it, so no, that reads as gay well, like, that, <laughs> and then what gets said and then sort of how you can see even like in the, the text like uh, Russell Crowe's character literally shoots him in the heart. And well, it's no, sort that's of this, what I'm like, saying. The death scene is yeah. what would make me feel like, okay, maybe that is. Because it was, I think it was also the lack of anger and, like, just the, like, I'm going to look in your eyes, like, as you fucking shoot me. Well, Even it, though mm-hmm. he was quick on the draw with mm-hmm. everyone else. Like, so that's what made me feel like, oh, it no, was he was intimate. in love. It like, was more intimate. Like, he yeah. loved this man. Like, whether it was, like, as a father, as a lover, whatever, like, he loved Ben Wade. And not for nothing, like, going back to just the whole genre of Westerns in general, like, there, like, there is this unspoken... Uh, homoeroticism that happens where oh, it's yeah. men. Oh, yeah, cowboy's hella gay. Yeah, like, they're <laughs> men wearing chaps on horses by themselves yeah, for long periods of time. by themselves forever. Doing who knows what. Mm-hmm. And then only relying on each other and so on and so forth. And I think this film kind of steers in that direction without, like you were saying, like, going too right. hard in that. But it, it really spends a, a, a good amount of time sort of deconstructing that and sort of these questions about it. Um, what's not working for you? It's in not this working film? for me. I mean, wow. What were yeah? In more recent years, I mean, the last viewing that I did, I noticed there was like the one Mexican character who was uh, one dirty-looking yeah, motherfucker. They love to throw that one. And the one Apache character. Yeah. Um. And you know, I again, it's like the cattle drive, the cowboy era is like a teacher to my seventh graders, and they 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 learn that. Most of the cowboys of that era were black, were mm-hmm. Mexican, were natives because they're the ones that knew how to. Well, I mean, 
black cowboys that, that were yeah, that just Spanish. come out of yeah. the of the slave mm-hmm. industry. They needed to find a job. That's what they let them do. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexicans that were left behind after the revolution. Um, and natives that were just trying to make a living. Like the jobs yeah. that are now glamorized as cowboys mm-hmm. were too dirty for actual white people at the time. Right. And yet in the movies. It's all white yeah. people. Yeah. 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 So this is a 2007 Western, but it's still kind of, you know, that, mm-hmm. like that's the one thing it couldn't extricate from itself. Which Very is so true. funny because I was like, oh, hey, there's diversity. We got <laughs> we got the one Mexican. We got an Australian and we got <laughs> Native American just because like for a Western, though. for what I know of a Western, like even having that two characters yeah. is diverse because and usually they're all white yeah like yeah or they're no named well they were still no named and then there were the three like, apaches who got murked in the woods like real quick by russell crowe mm-hmm. well, yeah but it was pointed out that they were by, apaches by a handcuff russell crowe yeah yes. by hand, yeah true yeah he just took them ben out. wade is just a badass exactly uh, so uh, i was just like i was like oh so he's just gonna pick them off one by one on the road to yuma okay uh so what's something you think that could it? help this film like what's not working what do you think something that could help this film honestly <laughs> She, um, clear out. I got it. <laughs> I think for me, honestly, the the easiest fix for this film is cutting some chunks of it. Like there, so really, because I, I, mean, I just felt like it was dragging at some times. I, I like, didn't think so. It was like, so what captivating. Chunks? I'm, I'm oh, yeah. There were some moments of like conversations. Mm. Um, there was like this, the dinner scene with his wife and, and when Ben Wade's at the house. Oh, we like, could have cut him trying to fuck his wife? Yeah, it was a little egregious where well, he's I like, you remind actually... me of this chick I knew in San, or, uh, San Francisco. Like there was just little moments. And but it's I feel like... like those played into something. One thing that I will say that didn't play into anything was... The drawing, the picture of the naked bitch, and that the yeah, hymns, like, those well, scenes you know, with the yeah. with the first barmaid, like I feel like that because like because I feel like that still leans into explaining like and showing that like yo she don't respect her husband, mm-hmm. no one respects this man, like Dan is everyone's punching bag. So like I would disagree with that, but I will say if you were gonna cut something, it would be some of those earlier building blocks because it takes a while to get to the main. During no, that's a great watch. Like, yeah. but it doesn't but like, like the early, really uh, serve. The early robbery like kind of yeah. takes a long time. Yeah. So like when he finally we gotta meets watch him draw a bird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's just you gotta know he's a sensitive soul. Yeah. Exactly. No, but I'm saying like it no, all just, like it was still yeah, like I mean I will man. sit there and watch Russell Crowe stare off like prime Russell Crowe. Yes, you I will sit there and watch the him stare off. Like yes, this is this is nice. Yeah, and so like I think what could help it is either just those quick like little cuts here and there to move the time along uh and then also how do y'all feel about russell crowe just killing his entire gang entire um, gang the ending so the ending the end, i think uh, so you go first you go first so i mean capitalism is a big enemy in this movie mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. so because the whole story is christian bale trying to save his farm mm-hmm. and really who was trying to, he was trying to save it from is the railroad, the behemoth that the railroad was in the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe is robbing the railroad. Once, I think, and I think once uh, Ben Wade figures out that Dan is just, you know, he can't leave, he has to keep the farm somehow, the railroad's going to take it. Well, that's I guess that's where he realizes, like, what, what, why am I fighting this man so hard? Yeah. 
No, and that's right. what I loved it. And I, I cued into that and I was just like, oh, why didn't they just? And Rooster was like, I don't know. Why don't they? Yeah. And it literally was the ending. I think as far as I will say, I did think it was a little egregious, like shooting his men who were like down for him yeah. and had followed him. Um, they just shot up a whole town. They to shot free up him. a whole yeah. town for him. Like my thing and why I think it was like because they didn't listen. Like he told them, stop, mm-hmm. don't shoot them. And the fact that they still kept shooting him and I feel like that was just the line right it was like and it goes back to like you don't listen you get shot Mm -hmm. and he was very clear about that at the beginning of the movie and they ain't listen they got shot that's the I mean yeah and and maybe and this is too simple an answer for this question but I think Benway just bonded with Dan maybe he saw like he saw the struggle he saw like they're really and like and by different ways, they're really on the same side, which is not the side of the railroad. It's not the side of the banks. It's not it's the, the side, side of the Pinkertons. It's the side of living, yeah. yeah. Man, that's deep. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, this movie is deep. And, it's, and, and, and to a certain extent, I think the... It, it's, it's capitalism, it's masculinity, it's violence, it's all these things. And I think the shootout at the end is so fantastic. Like, there's still Ooh. so many action scenes. Like, the... Uh, escape through the the railroad tunnel with the dynamite oh. and, yes. and it's so the, it's like i think that kind of hurts the film a little bit in my opinion where it's oh. like just i mean in terms of like it's deconstructing these things but then at the same time it is also romanticizing it even though it's saying like a character like ben wade is a bad guy he still kind of does the right thing by just executing his men because he made a, a, a good guy friend right. in three days <laughs> you know and so like it's this weird thing of like you know still well, romanticizing also- the outlaw and still making it a tragedy by killing um uh, Christian Bale's character when Dan where I feel like if he had just lived you know and the 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 gang of outlaws kind of are there and they all agree to this sort of and we'll get we'll free him later I think you get to still tell the same story without having to make it like so egregious in terms of any problematic issues with this film like you mentioned it kind of right. earlier, uh, the 2007 lack of diversity. Yeah. But was there anything else? The the I I, there, I think there was a, an interesting thing about having like the Chinese who build the railroads no, being historically accurate. And well, and I, and I thought about the Chinese because the, the thing is, it's I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for westerns. I'm a sucker for historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at the Chinese one because no, like, yeah, yeah. That's what made me look up that the Chinese labor force in the United States is. A big part of the transcontinental railroad being built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Western so expansion. Historical fiction is a through line for people to kind of find out stuff they didn't know. Right. Right. So, and... and to a point. <laughs> to, to a point, yeah. If they're, um, if they're a fact-checking kind of person. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the side of like, you know, historical fiction is not... I mean, they, they can be responsible, but it's not really their responsibility to be to teach, accurate. Yes. The responsibility of that is... Teachers and educators and academia, that, that, and, but Definitely. that's that's a whole other thing. Oh, say but, that for the other pot, right? <laughs> but, that, that, but I guess again, like that particular thing, it's a through line. That the fact that the Apache, they were taken out real quick by Ben Wade, but they were Apache in Arizona that did not want to go, and they were causing all sorts of havoc. And uh, they explained that yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. They're the ones who wanted, who felt like they were going to stay no matter what. 
And then Ben Wade in handcuffs came through yeah. <laughs> and took him the fuck out. I mean, as far as also, I got the feeling that like he was their like homeboy. Like that's the reason why they're like, like, hey Ben. Yeah, he, just, he was like, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Like, because he knew exactly where to go yeah, and like yeah. why they were there, there. And knew that they were there. Like, maybe. yeah. <laughs> so I got that. And goes back to him being like a piece of shit. You know, maybe. like and he's very much claimed. You know, he's like, you know how Paul like walks around. Paul ain't shit. Like that's like Ben Wade. Ben, ben Wade is like Ben Wade ain't shit. <laughs> That's his tagline. Hashtag Ben Waiting shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, as far as problematic, it's probably as problematic as any other Western. Mm, yeah. I think it's the same tropes. Mm. Women are damsels in distress. Yeah. And yeah. So, remaking it, would it be better if it were to be remade in 2023? Do you think? Well, this is already a remake, right? So, it, right? That's yes. the other thing that we yeah. completely gloss over. Yeah, this is an, actually a remake of the original 310 to Yuma. It's a 1957. Oh, no, uh, Delmer Daves directed it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a already Dave, a remake. It's a so, Columbia. the 2023 version. And I think already in that original movie, Dan doesn't die. Ah. Uh, oh, see, maybe I would have liked that. Actually, I don't <laughs> think this need, this movie needs a, a remake. I think uh, it. I think it just needs a boost, you know? Yeah. And that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So, so go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Quote and react. Uh, this movie, on top of having like actual just amazing pithy dialogue, that like mm-hmm. they're just firing off and shooting back and forth, it has some banger bars. Oh. Uh, this one's my favorite. I want to see what y'all think of this. Sometimes a man has to be big enough to see how small he is. Hard. That was such a diss, like. But it's, at the same time, I, and I think this is one of the things we maybe haven't really got too too deep into with Dan is. The amount of life that is kicking Dan's ass yes. is like insane. And the man starts, he starts the movie with, without a leg. Without a leg, his barn gets burned, just torched. And his son's like, you ain't going to do nothing, Dad, you a bitch. Basically, <laughs> his son William don't respect him. His wife ain't really looking at him the same. And uh, he ain't got no money. He has to snatch away her little trinket to potentially pawn. It's it's over for for Dan no matter what, yeah. and then it's just like damn Dan, just catch a catch a catch the vibe, all right? It's not you, okay? Yeah. You just gotta you just gotta give up. Uh, some other good quotes from the film, you know, squeezing that watch won't stop time. <laughs> That's what this Ben Wade in that Ben Wade yeah. in, in the marriage suite in the bridal suite, yeah. <laughs> And then he just throws that damn watch and breaks the shit out of it. Then this is just another good Ben Wade uh, line between him and Doc Potter. Doc Potter. Doc Potter, is it true that you uh, dynamited a wagon full of prospectors in the Western territories last spring? Ben Wade, no, that's a lie. It was a train full. <laughs> like, he, how is he the most, like, slick-ass, like, lovable? He goes back to, goes back to yeah. the lovable asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone loves a lovable asshole. We all asshole. think we can change him. Like, that, we all fall in love you with him. You know, it, it goes back to your suggestion that maybe that dinner scene with the wife could be cut. Like, this man has a silver tongue. He can piss off, piss off anybody whenever he wants. He can make them leave everything. If the... With just talking to them, convincing them, and he almost had the kid wrapped around his finger at some point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he did. I have uh, a quote. Okay. Um, so this is after Charlie uh, shoots Dan, and uh, he has, you know, freed Ben Wade. He's like, for a one-leg rancher, 
he's one tough son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, he and, just murdered this uh, man. Right. <laughs> like, but I respect you now. I just, I just killed I'm you. I'm standing you died over in your dead body in front of your kid. Yeah. But <laughs> that, 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 that scene, I can still see that scene with the, you know, they're just staring each other down and you can hear the train engine. Uh -huh. No music. It's just a uh -huh. train engine kind of like, you know, kind of taking in his brain figuring because the world keeps coming there was also yeah. one quote too and I don't remember it's not here and I just wanted to kind of reference it there's that moment and I think it's like the most like poignant moment in the film where they haven't gotten to uh, the town yet they're still on the trail to get there and it's right before they, they get to the mine I believe but from the distance Ben Wade can see that the rains are back where they're at, where mm -hmm. they came from. So he tells uh, Dan, like, hey, look, it's raining back where you live. So it looks like Bisbee. Bisbee. So things are going to be looking up. And and it's like it's little moments like that where like Dan has so many opportunities to just say, fuck it, out. I'm yeah. out, fuck it, I'm out. And yet he still kind of keeps persevering through. Uh, but well, I think that goes back to a quote with um, him and his wife, where his wife is telling him before they even take off from the house, like, don't do it, Dan. No one will think less of you. And Dan turns around and is like, no one can think less of me. Like, this is how bad it is to be yeah. Christian Bale in this movie. So we love this movie. We think uh, in our hearts it's an underrated favorite, but maybe it is historically mm. made just because... Damn it if 2007 wasn't stacked. the year of years to have stacked ass films. But uh, again, you can find this film on HBO Max. We thank y'all for. Or Hulu. Or Hulu. Mm -hmm. Thank y'all for tuning thank in. Thank you, us, JR, but... for joining us today. Thanks for inviting me. It's beyond me why I keep getting invited, but I don't, know. I don't yeah. say no. I never say no. <laughs>